Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, hockey fans, and welcome back once again to the best podcast in junior hockey, the only podcast featuring a man who left his best friend since eighth grade in another state, that man having all of the audio equipment, the only way to get the game on the air, and he just left him. That man, of course, is the indomitable, the incredible, the incoherently good, Dan Kay. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's a bit of a mix-up, Lucas, and, <laughs> and I, I did not mean it. Uh, folks who don't know, who weren't watching our NCDC Game of the Week last week in Stanford, Connecticut, I'm thinking, you know, I got everything I need. I've got, got the start of the game hats. I've got my suit ready to go. I'm ready to go call some hockey. I get in the car. I drive up from South Jersey. I'm buzzing. I make the greatest time of all time. Pull into the parking lot in Stanford, Connecticut, and I get a call from Lucas Jones. I'm like, oh, he must have saw me pull in. And I go, I go, hey, man, I'm right over here on the right side of the parking lot. And he goes, oh, no. And I find out I left Lucas Jones in the state of New Jersey, but he made it in time, hopped in the Mustang, raced up uh, the George Washington Bridge or the Tappan Zee or the Mario Cuomo or whatever you want to call it nowadays, bridge-wise, and was <laughs> luck we were lucky enough to get the game on the air. So, Lucas, again, apologies for the mistake. That is, that is okay. You know, you got you to gotta let the car run a little bit. Uh, it's, a, it's a 99, so it's got to be driven every once in a while. That's it. And that's what I was thinking. You know, I'm, just, I'm always, always have your best in mind. You know, that's it as I left you there in New Jersey. But I'll tell you what, we've got a great guest this week, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a really fun conversation to have. And history was made this past week in the USPHL. The first female head coach in USPHL history working with the Metro Jets organization, an organization with not one, not two, but three organizations three teams operating out of this building they are tops in player development tops in getting players to the next level and tina sorallo our guest this week is a huge part of that tina how's it going it's going good how are you guys doing we are doing good we're excited to talk to you today we're going to let you sit back for a second get your thoughts together because it's time we got to pay those bills folks like we do each and every week lucas jones talks to those hockey parents about the, the next brew to bring on your next trip. And Dan Kay, obviously, like I say all the time, I run in about 19 gallons of coffee. I'm Matt Foley down in the basement. I'm ready to go caffeinated all the time. Lucas, I'm on 48 ounces of caffeine, so I got to take a deep breath. You start us off. What brew should the folks be looking at this week? Well, I always like to pick breweries that are local to our guests. So I've chosen Bell's Brewing out of uh at a kalamazoo michigan so in in the same state at least um bells is a, a a brand that has made its way out to new jersey their signature beer is the two-hearted ale it's a really good american ipa nice and hoppy nice and smooth little bit of aromatics but i am reviewing the kalamazoo stout this is a big one i love this beer i've always loved this beer carries the namesake of the city that it comes from it's a stout brewed with licorice so it's it's got a little bit of black licorice flavor i'm not going to shy away from that if you don't like licorice you will not like this beer you're better off going for the two-hearted but i do love a little bit of licorice it's got a great combination of dry roasted flavors a little bit of sweetness a little bit of licorice not afraid to be bold definitely drink this one a little on the colder side is how i like to enjoy it um like i said you, you got to love licorice to love this beer. All right. I like that. I like to hear it. Now, 
What do you got score-wise? I am a big anti-licorice guy, so I can tell you without tasting it, it's probably a negative six for me. What do you got? <laughs> well, for me personally, it's definitely like a seven, eight. I really like this beer. It's, it's always a good go-to in the winter months. Um, but in terms of the everyman, this is a tough one to recommend. Um, it's, it, the licorice flavor is definitely present. I would recommend from Bell's the Two-Hearted Ale more than this. Either the, the Two-Hearted Ale or the Oberon is another good one. Um, I would say to go for those two if you're just trying to grab a six-pack and relax uh, on a cold winter night. And as you know, they're, they're basically going to add me to the Long Beach Island, New Jersey uh, Travel Bureau this, this offseason because Dan Kay has quarantined himself here on the beach of South New Jersey. And I've been going through, I've been taking the tour to LBI right now. And for those of you looking for your next place to vacation, head on out to Long Beach Island, New Jersey, top-notch summer destination. And a top-notch coffee spot is how you brew them. And Lucas knows it very well. I know it very well. I went out there and I went a little fancy today, okay? I was, I was getting some work done. Busy day for Dan Kay, getting ready for a big weekend of hockey, getting ready for a matchup between the Jersey Hitmen and the New Jersey Rockets this weekend, the Rockets Hockey Club. And I headed over there, got myself a French vanilla latte, two extra pumps of espresso. I'm four pumps of espresso deep here, and I am ready to run through a wall how You Brewing does a great job, great food, great atmosphere, tons of dining space. They also have a cold brew that's to die for, but the French vanilla latte, I got to say, I probably want one espresso too many. So I give it a 7.8. <laughs> if I did it right, Lucas, probably an 8.9. That's a lot of espresso. <laughs> that's a lot of espresso. I, I, again, I am running on uh, not fumes. I, I think I put too much gasoline in the tank right now because I could, I could sprint around the island. This island's 17 miles in length. I think I could go in the end right now. I, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. You're, you might be even a little too jazzed up. <laughs> well, I, I could not be jazzed up enough about our guest this week. And that's where we go now. We go to our free skate where we get to kind of ease into the conversation talk a little bit with our guest each week and in this case it's coach tina sorallo the first female co head coach in usphl history and tina the place i got to start is how'd it feel to get that get the nod behind the bench this week in this past week how'd that feel um you know it, it felt good you know we had um we, like i said we our program we have three teams and uh so this weekend it just ended up being that i was the only one that could go with our mhc team to Columbus and so I was behind the bench by myself but you know it was it was it was fun <laughs> now when you guys are working with this three teams I mean it is hard enough as an organization at this level at the level you're all working at to deal with one roster one set of players one team can you kind of how does it work there I mean from coach Trenville to yourself to the whole team there the whole organization how does it work how do you guys put that together yeah, well, we have, like I said, so the Metro Jets program, we have three teams this year, are the Metro Jets, the um, Metro Jets development team, and then MHC team. And um, so we have four coaches on staff and then our goalie coach as well. So there's five of us. And we wrote, we're all at practice on ice together. We, we have, you know, we um, are all focusing on, we all have the same focus. It's all to help the players. So developing the players. So two teams, three teams, one team, we all have the same goal as coaches is in, the, in our Jets program is to help these kids get to that next level and help them get 
as far as they can get from where they're at right now and helping developing them. So when we have three teams, you know, that's three game, you know, guys of each team's playing each weekend. If, um, if that's the case, like what happened this past weekend, we had one team uh, playing somewhere. We had another team playing elsewhere. And then um, another coach has to stay home for family things. So it just, what it is and uh it works well and now i can tell you played the game just by the way you answer questions we, we chatted with you when we were out there for the the detroit combine over the summer and you answer questions like the typical hockey player right it's the you know it's it's a team effort it's this it's the humility and it's the humbleness that you, you love to hear it but i mean this is a big moment this is a huge moment this is a league with overall over 200 organizations a league that spans the entire map of the U.S., goes into Canada as well. And to do anything for a first time, whether on the ice, behind the bench, as an organization, anywhere, that's a huge accomplishment. And it's something to, to not only be proud of, but it's something that is just step one on a journey that we're excited to watch. And now we go to that, we talk about that playing side. You played at St. Cloud State. You, you had a great career there at a high level of hockey in the NCAA. Can, can you talk about, you know, when did you, when did it come into your mind that, Hey, I, I want to get behind the bench. I want to coach when you, when you left the, when you took the skates off for the final time. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted to play hockey. I would still want to play hockey to this day. If I, you know, I could, you know, back then when I was growing up, you know, there was not as many options as there was for the female um, hockey player to stay with it or make a career out of it. And still to this day, we're still fighting as female hockey players to make, to be able to have a career out of uh, playing hockey. I was always going to be in hockey. If it was either training hockey players or coaching or, you know, developing, I just, I just knew that all I know was hockey. I would say <laughs> is, uh, is my, is my passion. It's my background. So I didn't, you know, I didn't study anything in, you know, in school it was recreation and sports management, you know, dealing with sports and stuff like that. So I just, I just knew after I was done playing as long as I could that coaching, uh, being still being involved I didn't you know I'm still wanting to coach you know and just my goal right now is to help players develop because I got to go through an experience I got to go play over in Switzerland for a year and um so it's excited to sort of give not give back but you know to help these kids because I know what I mean I've been there I know what it takes male female to get to where you need to be and I'm you know excited to work with the Jets program this year and be a part of that yeah and and you know before we get into we're going to dive deeper into the Metro Jets side of things the bench and all of that but I mean on the women's hockey side of things you look at what they've done in, in women's soccer and then NWSL and you see that this year they put more money into it than ever before and they had record viewership record participation throughout the game of soccer in the women's game record opportunities for players to play more than they've ever had before at all levels of the game, even during a pandemic. And, and you look at numbers like that. And that folks is what we talk about all the time here at the Dan K show, what we see people like Bill Flanagan and Kaylee Flanagan and the Northern Cyclones organization championing. You see Justin Quenville and you, you see Tina and the team with the Metro Jets championing this. It's, it's opportunities. It's playing opportunities and you need to, the more you create an opportunity, the more you see the investment in that side of the game, the more you have that participation, the more the sport grows. And that's something that, Tina, I, I, I'd love to see. Can you, can you kind of, in terms of the game, I mean, what do you think is, 
is the next big thing. I mean, obviously we all, we all don't know for sure, right? What's, what's next, what, what the right thing to do is, but I mean, what's the next big step in the women's game that you want to see? Is there anything you'd like to see? Is it more, more professional teams? That's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see a bigger professional league for sure. Yes. That, oh, definitely. You know, I, I mean, hockey's hockey played by male or female, you know, to expand, have equal pay, of course, like, you know, the, you know, they want to make a career out of it. We can't, these girls right now that are playing, they're playing, they're doing other jobs just, and they just want to play because they love the game, you know? It, the, the, you know, the, I wish, yeah, one day it could happen where it was equal, like, you know, male, female sports were, they were the, the same. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and you look at it, I mean, it's the same idea in a good business, right? If you're, if, if you're working on the side and you're having to straddle two jobs to go after your dream, your dream's going to be harder to go after, right? It's going to be harder to get to. And, and that's what you're seeing in the women's game right now. And we talked about the expansion of the professional game. How many times have you heard even on the men's side of hockey that, oh, the game will never grow in markets like Dallas. It'll never grow in markets like Tampa. It'll never grow in markets like Vegas. And then you put a team there and all of a sudden there's a huge (laughs) fan base. The the Stanley Cup finals, Tampa against Dallas this year, two markets who no one thought hockey could work in. You walk around Amelie Arena and tell me that's not a hockey market and that's what you need to see with the women's game instead of just centralizing it right it's yes let's grow this thing let's get this thing out there i mean and, and that's something that you, you just you, it's the partition it's the participation ability right it, it's the game of hockey as you put more money into it more is going to come out yes and now with that we i mean i'm excited to keep getting in this i know i've been keeping lucas quiet here the whole time <laughs> we're going to go into the q a here Lucas, I'm gonna let you start things off. Take it away. Thanks, Dan. And and you know, that that's why we love the free skate. We love just kind of, you know, diving into a couple of things, getting a little background on our guests of the week. And, you know, even if Dan does steal 95% of the questions that I had planned, <laughs> it's it's still great because then it just makes me pivot. It it makes my questions better. So let's Let's start off, I think, where, where I w- I'm most interested in, uh, at least in, in terms of the, the hockey history for you, Coach, which is your time at, at St. Cloud State. Now, you, you played there for four years, um, assistant captain for two, captain for one, and, and quite a bit of time played there from 2001 to 2005. I'd like to know about your experience playing college hockey um, and a little bit of your path how you got to be at St. Cloud State. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I loved playing college hockey. I still wish I could go back and play again. You know, it went so quick. Uh, and I guess I tell, you know, my players now, the coaching girls or boys, you know, like enjoy it because it does go quick. <laughs> it went by so fast, I feel. Um, but um, to my path there, I started, I started playing. Actually, I was a figure skater. At eight years old, I figure skated, and then I told my dad I don't want the white skates anymore. I would like the black ones. Um, and I would, uh, and my dad played uh, hockey himself, growing, you know, coach played for the Junior Red Wings, and um, I have a younger brother that played uh, for the University of Michigan. Uh, so I played boys hockey till I was about seventeen, and then finally formed a girls team here in Detroit. Uh, there was a girls team here. Um, um, but uh, there wasn't like a top top team, so we had the Honeybakes, and we were the first Beltire Girls AAA team here in Detroit. 
and got girls from all over and built a team and was with them for two years. They won a first year team, won a national championship, my junior year with them. And then just, um, I wanted a smaller school. So when I was looking at schools and schools were recruiting me and, you know, going to visit schools, I knew I wanted a smaller school and um, I have a, a learning disability. So I was looked, that was a big thing for me, making sure they had my, my reading and spelling, like a, it's a form of dyslexia. So I wanted to make sure the school that could provide the things I needed for extra things like note takers and stuff like that. And St. Cloud actually had a great program for that for me. And that was a big sell for me. Cause I wanted, you know, I wanted to graduate as well. Now I wasn't just going, I was, I felt like I was just going to play hockey, but of course, you know, we had to do the schooling and stuff, you know? Yeah. But, um, so, um, I wanted to make sure I, I wouldn't struggle in my classes cause you need to, you know, keep up the grades to play. And, uh, so, and, and that's how I picked St. Cloud. I mean, of course, and I, the rink, I fell in love with the rink. That was probably a big thing. And now they've redone it. I wish I was still playing when they, when it's like what it looks like now, but, um, yeah, so that was my path towards college, and my four years there, I, it was just awesome. I, you know, we, we were middle of the pack for the for a few years there. Um, you know, at, when I was playing, there was, I mean, there were the top teams. You know, were the Gophers and and, and uh, Minnesota Gophers and Wisconsin, and you know, of course, Wisconsin always has a strong team. They still to do to this day. You know, uh, so I mean, to play them, like I remember, we opened. Minnesota, when their first rink or arena there, the girls, they had their own rink there. And we opened up their home opener there against, they had six, 6,000 fans there. They killed us like 10 to one. <laughs> I'll never forget that game ever. I'll, I'll never forget that game. But I mean, that was most fans ever played in front of. And it was awesome. Even though we lost 10 to one against Minnesota, it was still, it was, the experience was unreal. <laughs> So, uh, so you've, you've made quite a few adjustments then because it's not only the adjustment from figure skating to hockey, <laughs> but then the adjustment of playing in a men's league and then adjusting to play women's college hockey. I guess my question is, earlier when you were talking to Dan, you said that, you know, hockey's hockey, but yeah. is, is there a difference between the men's juniors and then women's college hockey? Was there anything specific that you were glad you faced when you were younger because it translated well um well you know with female like with hockey, i mean there's no checking in female hockey i mean yes you can battle in the corners and stuff like that so when i was playing you know we were checking and you know and all with the boys and all that the when i transferred over to the girls that was very difficult for me to not use my body as much you know and you had to, you know you'd be a little bit smarter hockey player so um, that's that, you know, I mean, but with college hockey, you know, they do let the girls, the females play a little bit, but like, like you said, you can't go center ice and lay someone out. Um, that was probably the biggest, like, different and change from it. But I mean, the game, you know, being a smart player and just being aware. <laughs> the hockey's hockey, so the game's game. And it's always, you know, what kind of coaches you have as a youth that, that were developing you and helping you, you know, grow as a player. But the sport itself is the same game. I have one question before we move to Metro Jets. While playing college hockey, did you did you ever forget that you weren't allowed to check and accidentally oh, yes. like lay someone out center ice? Oh yes. <laughs> what's what's the reaction I, to that? I, no, well penalty. I get a penalty. Like oh crap, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so 
I, I, I was a very physical player and I did take a lot of penalties. <laughs> there was, it, it, even though I played two years uh, before that girl was hockey and then, you know, uh, it's, it was still a tough thing to get, take away from my game. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I, I have to a little frustrating I can, playing. <laughs> I can only imagine the look on somebody's face after they get laid out open <laughs> ice, and they're like, "Wait, that's not even supposed to happen." Yeah. Uh, um, so let's let's move to Metro um, because we spoke a little bit earlier this summer um, when we first met at the Metro Jets um, combine that was out there. Um, yep. So talk a little bit about the season so far. What's you know, give us sort of the update. We talked about how good the Metro program is, how well you seem to be fitting in there. Now, a couple of months in, and and obviously having made history in the USPHL this past weekend by by coaching, it's being the head coach on the bench. What's your experience been like with the Metro Jets uh, in the first couple of months? Oh, it's I've, I've it's been a lot of fun. It's you know, I mean, especially for the year we're having right now to be able to play games, you know, with other teams, you know, with our you know the pandemic going on and everything still and our, our teams are getting to be able to play games is, is, has been awesome. You know, it's every week's different because we don't know if it's, everything's going to get shut down again or where we're going to stand. And this first, you know, since we started, we're in a month and a half now, I believe, or two months now or into the season, it's been, it's been awesome. You know, the jets, like I said, our jets program, you know, we, like I said, we have the three teams and our five coaches and like we, as coaches in our program, we don't see, like I said, it was my opportunity, like not my opportunity, but we, I needed to go with the MHC team. I was the only coach that went. So that made me the head coach for that weekend. Um, you know, we had Jamie level that went with our jet, our jets team um, to uh, um, sorry, keeping track of what work teams are where and <laughs> who we're playing. That's probably the biggest thing right now. Where were we last Lake Erie? Um, he went with them. He was the only coach on the bench for them. Um, so we, as us four coaches and our goalie coach, we like, yeah, I was in the books and the program that says I'm assistant coach for our, the Metro Jets. Yeah. I mean, we, we're a coach. We're all doing the same, all four of us, five of us are doing the same team, th- same thing, which is developing a place. It's not about us. So, I mean, mm-hmm. when I know, yes, every, everyone's saying like, you know, female coach behind the bench by herself in the USPHL, you know, junior first time ever. I mean, a, I, I I wasn't even thinking that it was a big deal to myself because I I'm just I, that's just me. But everyone's like, no, it is a big deal, and you know you should be you know. But it's like I'm I'm the coach. It's not about me. It's about these players and helping them and getting them ready for their game and making sure they're performing the best they can. So who's ever watching, you know, wants to take them to that next level and and helping develop a develop these kids so head coach assistant coach it's like I said in our Jets program we don't really focus on that because it's not about us it's not about the coaches it's about the players yeah coach I don't know how you're keeping up with three teams we have two (laughs) people on this show and I left one of us in New Jersey so I mean I I, I feel you yeah I I can imagine (laughs) (laughs) uh so and that's part of that I think is why I was so interested in having you on because I wanted to get your perspective because obviously there is that that perspective of you know uh, of that specter of that headline but I I was uh, Dan and I were just really interested to see how it how it looked from from your side of the bench and I, I think talking about the um talking about the way that Metro operates these teams and the way that 
you you kind of you play it down not play it down but play it off as being like well i was the coach out there so normally we ask a question about like your philosophy as a head coach but it it feels like the the coaches are somewhat i don't want to use the word interchangeable because it downplays what you all bring to the table i mean we all i mean all all of us coaches have our own philosophy and hockey coach you know but the our, the metro jets our program is um they, you know, is based on, you know, developing and teaching these kids, um, you know, the skills they need if it's, you know, because each player's a different player, right? So it's not like having certain systems and having a, you know, doing a two, one, two, four check or whatever, it, you know, it might be, or it's, it's about the individual player helping them and not I mean, yes, we're our teams. Yes, yes, every team wants to win, and every team, you know. But it, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's, you know, we would, yeah, of course, we'd like our teams to be successful. But it's, this is just a stepping stone for them to get to college, you know, to get to wherever they are going next. And it, and then any way we can as coaches in the Metro Jets program is to get them there, is individually helping them or working with them individually, developing their play helping them work with their bad habit, whatever it might be per player. And I, I love the Metro Jets program. And, and folks watching at home, parents, players, future players, folks who are watching, looking for your next place to play. You look at what this organization does. You look at how they travel. It's a family atmosphere. They develop players. They send them to the next level in droves. They win hockey games while doing it. And they, they take on – challenges each and every year this year operating three programs past years operating two programs sending a team to the premier national championship and almost taking out a hampton roads team that that year was absolutely built that was one of the best teams if not the best team in premier history that hampton roads team and metro almost took them and took a title i mean it's it's an organization that just when I listen to Coach Quenville speak, I, I mean, I feel like I'm listening to like a presidential candidate sometimes. I get lost <laughs> in his speeches, right? He, he has, he seems like, he seems like a guy who's the captain of the ship. You know, you, you feel, you oh, feel yes. pretty safe on that ship at times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great. He's great. And like, even like, you know, I mean, still being my first year with the team, like I helped out a little bit last year with our strength and conditioning. Um, I, you know, but I wasn't a full time with the Jets program, but just, you know, even learning from Quinn, you know, with Q from Q and it's just, you know, he's just a sm very smart, very knowledgeable coach. And it's just awesome to even watch him, you know, run this program, being the GM of it. And just, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> right. And he had nothing but incredible things to say about you. When we talked about him, talked to him back at the summer showcase there in Detroit, the combine, I mean, he, he told us, he said, you keep an eye out. She is going to be next level somewhere as time goes on, he said, she is a superstar behind the bench. So do not, do not short yourself by any means. This is, this is big. This is huge. We're very excited to keep watching. And I got it. I, I, my favorite division in the premier this year so far has been this great lakes division that your Metro Jets side is in and the Toledo Cherokee, the Pittsburgh vengeance, the Metro Jets between you guys, you've scored a zillion goals. You've given up about two. And you're getting net mining, you're getting defense, you're scoring the puck, you play Toledo, it takes OT for a decider there. That's the first loss you guys put up, first blemish on the record at all. 
I mean, we have the power rankings episode coming out on Thursday of this week. And we have all three of these teams. I'm going to give folks that are listening tonight a little bit of an insight. It's, we have all three of these teams in our power rankings in the top 10 of the premier. That's over 70 teams here you're digging through. I mean, how tough has this division been this year? And I mean, how, how do these – like, what are your thoughts on Toledo? What are your thoughts on Pittsburgh? What do these teams look like so far? Yeah, so – um, you know, it's, it's been, you know, like I said, they had close games and good hockey. It's, you know, it's been enjoyable to watch every game, you know, we got to come in and with against, you know, Toledo and uh, Pittsburgh, like they come to play, they come to work. They know our program very well, these teams, and they want to come in and they're playing us like it's the, the championship game. And uh, we, we have to be prepared every night because they're going to give us everything they have. And our boys need to be ready every every night, every game. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good year of hockey if we can stay through it without this pandemic stopping us. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, imitation is the finest form of flattery because it's you're seeing in that Great Lakes division. There was always great hockey out there, but Metro was always at the top of the list. And now you're starting to see these organizations building around a lot of the same principles that you see at a Metro: the, the net minding, the defensive play, playing from out, playing out from the net. You know and getting a full team effort, having depth and working with the guys and the things they need to improve on and really getting guys to the next level. I love this Great Lakes division this year. Coach, I got one last question for you before we go to Lucas's educational corner, and then we'll come back to you. I'm going to give you a heads up now for your parting words. That'll be your last thoughts of the show at that point. But my final question I'll give you is one we ask every single coach, every player, everybody that comes on from an organization around the game of hockey – in this case, you work with the Metro Jets program, the MHC, the MJDP, you work with all three programs. If I'm a player, if I'm a parent, if I'm a prospective player, why should I choose the Metro Jets program as my next place to play? Everyone's seen what the Jets do to players. You know, we, we help you get to that next level. That's, you know, our biggest thing. It's about you. It's not about, um, it's not about, I mean, the team itself, yes, but I mean, we have, you know, at the Metro Jets program, we have, of course, our own rink, our own locker room. We're going every day we skate. We have our own personal weight room, own shooting area. We do, you know, we go, we do our video three days a week. So we see we're a family, you know, we're together every day, the Metro Jets program and doing everything we can as coaches with our staff to, to help every individual player develop and get to that next level. I mean, I know it's tough for other teams to get, you know, two or three practices in, like we're skating every day. We're getting the most, I mean, I feel the most out of it as we can that where we, we can get on the ice every day. We have, like they said, the weight room that they can go in when we're not even there, they can go use it and it helped themselves. Each, each player has their own personal workout program on their phone. That's emailed to them every, every week of what they're following, what they're doing. Um, we, you know, we have Jamie level, who's our other, one of our other coaches, who's a head a nutritionist and our head strength coach who is just unreal with if you need to put on weight if you need to take off weight what do we need to do to have him on staff as well I mean the the and the, the knowledge with our other coaches as well our, our full-time goalie coach I mean what else <laughs> what else could I say I mean it we just it's just a great program and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it this year absolutely awesome and, and seriously folks I mean this Metro Jets program it's just top to bottom class acts, they, they get the job done. And you can see it. I mean, when somebody 
actually does something that's never been done before in the biggest league in the game of junior hockey. And they're still the, the, the mantra is about the player first. It's about each and every player out there that, that tells you enough. It's a class act organization. And, and with that, we use the word class there and we remind the players and parents that it's not just about the on the ice when we're playing the game of hockey, right? We're going through this junior hockey experience, this college hockey experience. We got to work off the ice as well. We got to get those grades and get in the classroom. And let's go to the uh, educational expert, who is certainly not me. It's Lucas Jones. Lucas, your academic corner or educational corner for this week. Well, today we talked a lot about how Coach got to where she is today. The, the journey from figure skating to, uh, you know, to skating and playing with boys to then the women's hockey program at St. Cloud and now behind the bench. The story is full of rich context. It's full of cause and effect. It's full of this happened and then this happened and here's why and here's what we passed on. And that is the main point that I would like to make today because while there's a lot of focus on STEM fields, uh, math, science, there is something being lost when students don't pursue an education in not just history and political science, but in civics. And civics is a word that has largely fallen out of favor, but it shouldn't be because civics is how you become an engaged person in your society. You're listening to this on a Wednesday. This week was the 2020 presidential election. If you're not civically engaged, if you're not understanding the context of how we got to where we are today, how certain places got to where they are, look the way they are, are comprised of demographics the way they are, you're missing out on a huge part of what makes this democratic society possible. So my academic tip, my educational tip, is to learn the stories behind the names. Names and dates are not enough. Results are not enough. The why is what makes history fun and engaging. The why is what's important. So go and read a biography, read a story of how something happened. Don't just memorize names and dates and places. It's the context that makes you more interested and more engaged. Great work again by Lucas Jones and, and a great thought, a great opportunity to, to really open your minds here, ladies and gentlemen. You want to learn as much as you can. We've learned a lot today and we've had an incredible time with our guest, Coach Tina Sorallo of the Metro Jets I guess, organization, because it's everybody there, the MHC, the MJDP, the Metro Jets. And Tina, we always go to Lucas for his parting words, and he gives us nothing. He's, he says nothing, nothing cool. So this, we're going to go to you. <laughs> what, what are your parting words for this week for the folks at home? What are your, what are your finals? What's your final say? Uh, you know, just uh, to the parents and players and all the, the people out there, uh, if you're still playing the game and uh, – you know, making sure you're doing the right things to develop your game and doing the off ice, the on ice, the eating right. It all pays off if you put in the hard work. Love it. Love it. And I, my word this week, I like to have a word that coincides with each week's guests. And this week, I want to use the word invest. I thought about the word create, but I'm going to use the word invest. And I don't mean in stocks. I don't mean the, the financial version of invest fully, right? But invest can work financially in this case for the women's game. In those, those game changers out there, those folks 
that can make a difference. Make a difference in this game because guess what? If you create opportunity, that is how you grow something. Whether it's a business, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a sport, you grow with investment. You grow with the creation of opportunity. And too long we've been kind of, you, you can't be half in when you're going for a dream, right? It, it's, it's the idea of any athlete out there who wants to play professionally, there's always someone who is putting in more effort than you. Don't allow that to happen. Invest yourself fully. Invest fully where you can. Let's invest in this great game for everybody. Let's create opportunities. Let's not have a world where someone doesn't get to play the game, you know, until a certain age or, or maybe never gets an opportunity to play this great game. Let's create opportunities so that from cradle to college, we can play this game no matter our gender, no matter our socioeconomic status, no matter where we live in this country, whether in the middle of the desert or up in Alaska or we're anywhere in this country. Let's make this game accessible. That is how we grow the game of hockey and invest in yourselves. Invest in it, man. This is, this is the best thing you can do ladies and gentlemen, is take some time, figure out where you want to be, and invest time to get yourselves there. Coach Tina Sorallo, absolute honor to talk to you this week. Congratulations again. Take some time, pat yourself on the back. I know you're in the middle of the journey right now, but this is a big moment, a big week. We were so excited to talk to you. Lucas, I, it was okay talking with you. I had, I had a decent time with you. Thanks, guys. Not Thanks as, so much. <laughs> hey, no problem, Coach. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, we're partnered with Elite Junior Profiles. That's EliteJRProfiles.com. Take your profile, your recruiting game to the next level. Get yourself seen by all folks, all walks throughout the game to the USPHL. Mad props to you. Best league in the country. The best playing experience. The biggest geographical footprint in the game of hockey. Getting it done each and every week. You want to talk to us, the underscore Dan K Show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, www.dankshow.com. Power rankings week this week, Thursday night. Find out where your Metro Jets land in the top 10. We just told you that they're going to be in it, but where do they land? Are they ahead of Pittsburgh and Toledo? Are they behind them? And how far up the list can they make it? Watch Thursday night, YouTube, release at 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the USPHL YouTube. When Dan K is on a mic, it's always hockey night. Thanks for listening.